Hey there, you beautiful person. Guess who this is? It's Natalie Sisson. And yes, the podcast is officially back. Whoop, whoop. All right, welcome back to my podcast, which has been renamed with a whole new mission, Untapped. Why Untapped? Because I am on a personal mission this year to untap my highest potential and yours. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of micro and not so micro experiments every week, every 30 days throughout the year to really look at where am I holding back and where can I tap into my potential? Because if I look at the years gone by, my number one go-to action has been to help people reach their potential. I can't help it. If you meet me in person at a coffee shop, if you start talking to me at a party about something that you're struggling with, I am 100% in there with my thoughts and opinions, hopefully in a good way, advising, mentoring, coaching, sharing ideas, asking more questions, getting curious, and ultimately wanting to leave that conversation with you feeling like you have a plan, like you have clarity like you can take action. And so it dawned on me as I was doing a lot of reviewing and reflecting in 2018, if you could do anything just for the fun of it, just for the learning that will come out of it and for the teaching that you'll get to do in return to inspire, to motivate, to activate your awesome community, what could it be? And then I looked at the things that I was missing and that was creating. I am a big content creator. It keeps me stimulated. It keeps me learning. It keeps me sharing and teaching. It keeps me honest and it keeps me on schedule. And you may sometimes wonder about those people who are incredibly prolific with producing content. I'll let you in on a little secret. The more you produce of it, the easier it actually becomes to turn up with valuable content because you get into a habit, you get into a routine. It's why writers like to write at least a thousand words a day because it is through the craft of writing and through turning up every single day and committing to themselves that some of their best work leaps off the pages at them. Not every single day. There'll be days when they're just writing crap, but every so often they will spark some genius. They will write something that they're extraordinarily happy with and they'll extrapolate from there and continue to do so. The same comes from vlogging regularly, from podcasting regularly, from emailing regularly, from producing long form blog posts, research, whatever it may be for you. Producing content of consistent high value is an incredibly challenging quest to go on, but it's also incredibly rewarding. And the more you do of it, the better you get. It's like exercising a muscle every single day. You'll build muscle, you'll get stronger, it does get easier, and then you push yourself to the next goal. So without further ado, Untapped has been in my head for about the last two weeks, and I can't get it out of my head. So whether you like it or not, that is the name of this new show, Untapped. I see merchandise, I see t-shirts, but most of all, I see myself turning up in your playlist of your podcast app on your mobile phone or on your computer every single week with more everyday ways to untap your true potential. This isn't actually about reaching your potential. I think it's about going well beyond what you think is your potential and truly fulfilling it. And so I'm going to be doing this myself and then I'm going to be sharing what works 
what doesn't, what maybe is absolutely on point, and maybe all those things that you've heard about that just really don't cut it. And I'm also going to be doing interviews with people in the human potential area, in the personal development space and beyond, who have tons of expertise and years of experience in helping people become their best self. So this isn't business focus, but there for sure will be elements you can take to your business. This is absolutely 100% about you, you and me reaching our full potential with all the setbacks and all the hurdles and all the fun things that will go in between. I'm also going to be vlogging about it and I'm even thinking of going to the point of turning this into a video podcast so that you can see it on YouTube as well as listening to it on all your favorite podcast players. And part of the reason for this return is I miss podcasting and I hear that you miss me because enough people tell me, are you bringing back your podcast or I really miss the the inspiration or I just wanted to hear your voice or I just miss it. And then I look at my podcast stats since stopping in May 2018 and they're actually increasing and I'm still getting thousands and thousands of downloads every single month, which blows my mind given it's been kind of, you know, abandoned. And the great thing is, is that if you put out great content, it continues to reach people even when you're not doing it live or promoting it. So hence coming back to the original thing about putting out great quality content. So without further ado, this is Untapped. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson. I'm coming live to you from my cute little study in Maymorn, Upper Hutt, New Zealand. I will post a photo so you know how peaceful this place is and how much I love having my own study. It's technically Josh and I's, but I've sort of commandeered it. It has a beautiful day bed with lots of cushions and this lovely lamp and plants everywhere. And then I've got a standing desk. I've got a small desk that looks out at the window where I do my coaching calls. I've got a bookshelf with my books on it and books that I want to read. I have a sign that says, be awesome today. I have some essential oils and a diffuser and a big calendar up on the wall to sort of plot out how the year is going to go. So that's where my untapped experiments are going to be born. For today's episode, I actually just wanted to focus on 19 things that I will and won't do in 2019. So you have a bit of a better understanding of where I'm heading and maybe some of these things will resonate with you. So first off, I'm going to start with the things that I wrote down in my little journal about what I will not do in 2019. Some of these are going to be hard to to stick to, but If you've never done the four tendencies test by Gretchen Rubin, I absolutely encourage you to do it. I will pop a link in the show notes. Oh man, I have to remember where I'm going to put the show notes. Anyway, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes and uh, I am an upholder in her test. So that basically means that if I commit to a goal or if I say I'm going to do something for myself or for you, you can damn well be assured that I'm going to do it, which is typically fantastic, but sometimes can cause problems because I kind of like don't let up on my own self. So here goes. Number one, I am not going to sign up for any more newsletters or opt-ins in 2019. Yeah, let's see how well that goes. I am really excited about this. In the last two months of 2018, I ruthlessly unsubscribed from a bunch of emails that I was getting that I never read, or I no longer wanted to read or were spamming me because as you know your email address often gets sold and then you end up getting these random newsletters that you have no idea how you got on. So I have probably unsubscribed from well over 250 emails that landed in my inbox and the result is that I now get between 10 to 15 over the space of a couple of days. That is how little in my personal inbox. 
so that's really exciting. And in my business inbox, because I do have them separated out, they are divided into different areas. So I use SaneBox and that puts newsletters into newsletters and it puts other things that are not important into news. And so only the stuff that's in my inbox is really important. And it's made a massive difference. The second thing while I'm on that note is that I am going to attempt to stick to only checking emails three days per week. I've decided on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. This one I think is going to be particularly challenging because we all have a tendency to use our inboxes to distract us and make us feel like we're being really productive when we're not. We use it as a form of procrastination because by getting through inboxes and getting down to inbox zero, which I do almost all the time, it makes you feel like you've achieved something when really you've just given your time away to other people's problems, challenges, and given your attention to things that maybe didn't need it. So three days a week is when I'm going to check email. I am most likely going to check it in the mid-afternoon, and I'm going to have an autoresponder on my inbox that tells people that, so they start to, I guess, expect that and get trained to know that those are the times they can get in touch with me. Also, my virtual assistant, Angeline, who is still with me after six years. Thank you so much, Angeline. She actually goes into my business email and gets rid of anything that is not important or that she can handle. So that already cuts it down a little. Unlike people like Pat Flynn, I do not get thousands of emails in my inbox. I have really, really streamlined it. I think people know not to contact me unless it's really necessary. So I'm pretty lucky on that front, but I'm still really curious to see how much more efficient that makes me and whether in the hour or so that I'm allotting myself to go through my emails, I am actually focused and doing a much better job of responding and actioning. I use the get it done method for my inbox. So I delete, delegate or defer if I can't answer it in five minutes or less. And it is a game changer. Thank you, David Allen, from getting things done. So once again, if it comes in your inbox, you look at it, if you can't answer it in five minutes or less, You either delete it if it's really not important or preferably unsubscribe, delegate it so it might go to Angeline or to somebody that I can forward that it makes sense or defer it. And this is where I use, well, now Gmail has an inbuilt function for snoozing emails. So I will put it at a date that it should come back to me that's relevant and timely. Okay, the third thing that I am doing is not signing up for any webinars. Unfortunately, back when I started webinars in like 2011 was the first one I ever did, people used to offer up tons of value and content and they were really entertaining. So they would educate you, they would share tons of value and then of course they'd have a call to action to join, sign up or buy from them, which was totally legit after teaching for 45 to 50 minutes with solid content. And then over the years, as more and more people jumped on the bandwagon, unfortunately, we got more internet marketers who basically spammed you for an entire hour and then pitched you for 50% of that hour. And the first 50% was usually taken up by them telling their story and putting up photos of them sitting in fancy cars and making lots of money. And so now I think people are much more weary of webinars, yet the work to actually put on a really, really high quality one is a lot. And so for those people who still do great webinars, like Amy Porterfield, I'm assuming she still works them really well, and she's a great educator, then they deserve to be heard. And you deserve to show up to them if you've registered for it and give them your time and attention. But for myself, I don't want to sign up for any webinars. I've already reduced that a ton. But typically, I'm much more conscious of where I want to spend my time and attention. So ultimately, what you're probably seeing here is this trend towards being very, very ruthless about where I do spend my time and who gets my attention. 
Which brings me to number four, which is I will not buy any courses unless, this is the caveat, they are extremely relevant to what I want to learn or experience. So I'm not buying any courses for the sake of trying them out, testing out, watching somebody's sales funnels, dabbling, or because I want to support somebody, which are most of the reasons I buy them. Instead, I only want to buy a course if it is absolutely relevant to expanding my skills and experience in that particular area. Otherwise, no course buying. Number five, I will not this one's going to be tough, compare myself to others. I did a lot of this in 2018, as we all do. Hold your hand up if you do this. The comparison game is just a really tough thing to move past. But all I've realized is how futile this is to do. All it does is make you feel less worthy, less awesome, less skilled, less experienced, And most of the time you're doing it because you're looking at social media feeds that are completely unreal and don't show the true picture. And as Oscar Wilde, I believe it was, said, comparison is the thief of joy. In 2019, I want lots of joy, no thieves. So no thievery, and therefore I want to disrupt this pattern. And how I'm going to do that is by actually reducing the amount of time that I am on social media, which is number six. So a little like email, I am going to be massively reducing the time that I'm on social media. To be fair, I don't think I'm on it that much, but iPhone has this cool little inbuilt app now that tells you how much screen time you have on there. And it was a little bit more than I was expecting. Not that all of that was on social media. In fact, it was a very small amount. WhatsApp seemed to (laughs) extrapolate my data out. But yeah, on the whole, I want to be getting down to half an hour to an hour a day or less on social media. And when I'm on it, I want to be really strategic and engaging in the right way. And that will also help with the comparisonitis. Okay, seven, I will not buy coffees. (laughs) This might sound extreme, but I live very close to Wellington and in New Zealand, the land of coffee. We make the best coffee in the world. There is no denying it. For those of you going, no way, that's not true. Come to New Zealand, try out one of our coffees, and then tell me whether I am lying. Because it is an art in this country. It is like a pastime. I have never seen so many coffee shops in a country with a population of four and a half million as we have in New Zealand. They are often right beside each other, and they are almost always full or with a line out the door. The milk here is amazing, the coffee is done and made with love, and it is all too easy to get coffee wherever you go. Plus, the fact that coffees now cost you between $4.50 to $5.50, what used to be the price of, you know, lunch, I just think is extreme. I worked out that over the space of the year, if I had coffee five days a week, that's $1,200 a year towards coffee that I could be putting towards other things. It's also really not so much about the money. It's about the fact that why do I go out and spend this money on coffee when I make perfectly great plunge and filter coffee here? And because I want to experiment with having more herbal teas and turmeric lattes. So it's almost because so many people are obsessed and drink coffee all the time and can't do anything until they've had the coffee that I kind of want to rebel against the coffee movement, even though I enjoy it. So I'm going to have coffees when I absolutely feel like one and I'm going to enjoy them immensely. But otherwise, no more buying coffees. Number eight, 
I will not hide behind any preconceived identity that I have for myself or that I think you have for me. So you've probably heard me speak, blog, write or vlog about the massive change over the last two years of moving away from being known as the suitcase entrepreneur to just being known as me. And for a long time there, there was a lot of stuff wrapped up around the identity that I was shedding. And so this year is all about being me, raw, unfiltered, completely nutty, having fun, doing cool stuff, doing stuff because I enjoy it, because it challenges me, because it stimulates me, and because it helps and will ultimately help you. This year is all about unfiltered Natalie and nothing about trying to be somebody that I don't want to be. And I think we could all do with a touch more of that in our lives. Which leads me to number nine. I will not launch any more courses. I have been creating, building and launching curriculums and courses since 2010. There is so much goodness in launching courses. There is also so much work. And I want to take a full year off creating any new courses. However, I will be launching a very simple, untapped community membership. Not yet, but it will come. And it will be a community for the sake of a community with accountability and inspiration. It will be simple, it will be affordable, and it will be solely there to serve you to become your better self. It won't be complex, you won't be inundated with stuff, it's just going to be awesome. So no more courses, which of course means that I will be sharing and promoting courses of experts and friends that I love who do have fantastic courses that you do deserve to know about. But I myself will not be creating any more courses because it's time to take a little break and let other people do awesome work. And you might have noticed there's a proliferation of courses. It is the e-learning industry, according to Learn Dash, which is an online course content platform, is going to be worth $325 billion by 2025. So this industry is not going anywhere. So there'll be plenty of time to get back into it. Um, however, I am a huge advocate for creating online courses and experiences if that's what you want to do to help your community to grow and be more awesome. So I'm a huge advocate of it. I'm just personally not going to be doing that. Okay, so let's come on to the things that I am going to do in 2019. Number one is focus on deep work sessions, and I want to do three mornings a week of that. I have been reading an excellent book called, no surprises here, Deep Work by Cal Newport, who I actually saw speak about seven years ago, and it is incredible. It is essentially the art of doing work that is incredibly focused and not distracted, which is getting increasingly hard to do in this very distracted and overconsumptive world. And for me to write a book this year, I might have hinted at another thing I am doing this year, for me to understand and research a lot more about untapping human potential, about personal development, I need to be writing, reading, researching on a much more regular basis intensely. So I really understand and learn this. And that is going to come through what they suggest in the book is two to three hours at least, but preferably even days at a time of deep work where you take yourself off to a place where you can just be completely undistracted and focus. 
So I have a couple of places I'm setting up in the house that look at blank walls where I'm going to have this as my rhythm. And I'm going to be doing it three mornings a week, most likely from about 7 a.m. in the morning. Okay, number two is meditate daily, no matter how short. I came across meditation first when I was actually living in Amsterdam back in 2012. And I just haven't managed to make it a consistent practice despite dabbling in it ever since then. And enough is enough. As an upholder, I said to myself before New Year's, that is enough, Natalie Sisson. If you can't even meditate for five freaking minutes a day, you are not worthy of all the amazing benefits of meditation, which I have talked about in previous episodes and I'll link to in the show notes. So I've started that. I have been meditating daily every single day by one since the start of 2019. I am using the Insights Timer app. I've been much clever about it this time and I've bookmarked my favorite five to 15 minute meditation so that I can easily get to them. And so far, so good. Number three, I'm going to do gratitudes daily. I write down three gratitudes, or at least I say them out loud first thing in the morning for what I am grateful for. This always brightens my day and I tend to then go into a bigger list. So I have a journal by my bed where I want to write at least three down, if not more. Gratitudes, such a beautiful way to start the day. I want to read every day. That is number four. I don't mind if that is reading on a blog post, if that is reading chapters of a physical book, if that is listening to an audio book, I am reading every day. A chapter is a really great goal for me, but I tend to be doing more right now because I have so much great content to consume, which also ties in with the deep work. Number five is I want to paint once a week. I have a little studio. It has an easel. It has a canvas on it with this beautiful background that has been there for about nine months and I haven't finished that painting. And there is absolutely, once again, no excuse not to pull out my creative side, get down to the studio in the barn and paint. Number six is I want to write every week on my personal blog, no matter how brief. I want to get into the habit of writing and I want to turn a lot of this podcast content and vlogs into a book by the end of the year. You heard it here first. That is my big goal for this year. I initially have write every weekday on my blog which is a stretch goal. But for now, it is just to get back into the habit of writing, which I really miss. Number seven is to join at least one mastermind. So I have run masterminds in the past. I have been part of masterminds. And last year I was part of none. And I really appreciated how important they are. So I've talked about masterminds a little bit before, but if you haven't heard of it, is essentially get four to six awesome people together don't have to be in the same space as you, but you have similar goals and outlooks on what you're wanting to do. And you meet regularly every week, every two weeks, every month at least. And you basically champion each other. You challenge each other. You share information. You share knowledge. And you are there to be each other's kind of advisory board. It is a beautiful thing when it works really well. Everybody has to commit. You have to turn up. And it can be absolutely amazing for you personally and professionally just because you have this team of people that you bond together with and you're there and you have each other's backs and you you push each other and you challenge each other and you grow together. Number eight. Oh, I'm doing that already. I'm bringing back my podcast. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weekly, if not twice weekly. I am not promising twice weekly. It is going to be at least weekly. Often me, sometimes awesome interviews. Number nine. 
is I'm getting a coaching qualification or certification to do with human potential and personal development. This is just for me personally. If I want to talk about this stuff, I want a much deeper knowledge and I want to actually be certified because it has been a long time since I've done anything to get a certification and I miss studying and I want to take this seriously because this is serious, seriously fun. And number 10 is I want to live write a book, which is kind of happening right now with this podcast. There are just a bunch of things that all the content that I put out this year is going to be at times me live writing a book. So if you're reading a blog post and it's really epic, it's likely because that's the start of or partway through a book and it will be self-published and it'll probably be short but it will be full of juicy goodness. All right, so those are my 19 things that I will or will not do in 2019. I would absolutely love you to come across to nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast and you will find this episode. So good to be back. Thank you so much for listening in. If you're just listening to this for the first time, please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or all those good places that this podcast is coming to you and you will see me next week.